Thursday, March 17, 2022. Y'all listening to episode 50. Y'all ready for this? Come on, come on. Y'all still feeling this Dr. Delight, do you believe? Are your shoulders bouncing right now? If they're not bouncing, you ain't doing it right. Understand the assignment, human hope familia. Bounce with me, bounce with me. Come on, come on, bounce with me, bounce with me. Come on, come on, bounce with me, bounce with me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. If you guys, honestly, I need to know that you're feeling this intro as much as I am. I loved the last intro. I loved the old intro. I love the old Dr. Delight that we had from episode, what, 1 through 48. But this one, I'm just going to let this thing play all the way through. We're going to lower the volume, just going to let it play all the way This one, this is the one. This one may last forever. We may be at episode 2,497, and we will still be playing Dr. Delight, Do You Believe? Because it just makes me bounce. It gives me hope. The podcast is called Human Hope, right? Ah. Oh. I'm, I'm hype. I'm hype. Oh, oh, hold on. What about this part? Let's turn this up. Hey, hey. Okay. Okay, I'm going to stop playing DJ. <laughs> um, what's going on, fam? Welcome to a fully coherent, non-jet-lagged host of the Human Hope Podcast. Welcome from your host. You know the full name. Let's say it together. Carlos Enrique Whittaker Guzman and Chibol Cabello, or Los for short, whatever it may be. Uh, I'm, I'm your friend. I'm not just a podcast host. I'm your friend. We are friends. And today's podcast um, is just going to be me. So if you were like waiting to fast forward for me to be like, okay, at minute 11, I'm going to bring the guest on so that we can start the conversation. That's oh, We're starting right now. This is it. It's just me and you. And initially, this conversation was going to be about, and I think I'm just going to save it for next week or maybe the week after, because I already recorded half the conversation, half the podcast, but just about, I mean, we're feeling it, right? We're feeling just the trauma of being human in 2022. Uh, that's just really what it is, right? Um, you know, I was looking up the the definition of trauma, for this this podcast um and let's see let, let's 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 put a little definition of trauma let's see if i can find it here um it says any event that has had a lasting negative effect on the self or psyche is by nature trauma okay let me say that again any event that has had a lasting negative effect on the self or psyche is by nature trauma. Okay. Well, I will say that 20, the last two years have been slightly traumatic for all of our psyche, right? I don't know about you, but it has for me. Um, and today I was going to talk about, we're going to lean into just like, how can, how can we better take care of, oh no, it's over. I didn't want it to be over. <sighs> That, that's how much I love that song is it makes me completely lose my train of thought because the song finished. Um, okay. Back to what I was talking about, how, how we can best go through 
and continue to stay engaged with the information of planet earth that is dishing our way all of the bad news all the good news all the news um and how we can stay engaged while taking care of our mental health that's what i was that's what the conversation was going to be and it still needs to be so it's probably going to happen in the next couple of weeks but at, i i literally recorded like 25 minutes of content and then man just like whoosh, like a left hook i just felt like this was that was not the conversation we're supposed to have so what was the conversation what is the conversation we're supposed to have now i need everyone to hang out stay with me whether or not you can call yourself a a christian whether or not you go to church whether whether or not you you feel like this could be the conversation for you because i do believe that everybody's going to be able to take something away from a little bit of my processing which is all this conversation is going to be. And I say conversation because I'm going to have it with you and with myself. I talk to myself a lot, Um, but I feel like everybody's going to be able to get something out of this. And I also hope that my processing of, of just some, some of my own inner workings uh, can help you, can help you maybe untangle some things inside of you when it comes specifically to, um, man, there's a lot of terms we can put around this church you could say religion you could say faith some could even say god um my my um conversation that i'm going to have out loud isn't necessarily about god himself um it's a lot about people that claim god um so like my beef to start off with just my beef isn't with god i know a lot of people that are listening to this podcast have have beef with God. You you may, and I, God, I'll go and tell you right now, God's not scared of our beef with him. When we have beef with God, he ain't scared. He's not worried about our beef, okay? Um, he can handle it. So he's not scared of your emotions. He's not scared of any of those things. Uh, and I know, you know, I also know that this podcast isn't like faith driven specifically. It's not like we just talk about, you know, a lot of podcasts out there. That's why this this isn't a podcast that's in the faith and religion category because I, it's not what we talk about every week. Um, but it is in the society and culture section and faith and religion is a part of society and culture. And it is a part of my, my day-to-day life. And so w- that's why we get to talk about it on here. We don't talk about it all the time. We do talk about it sometimes. And today we're going to talk about it specifically because last night, uh, this is where this conversation triggered from last night. I was, uh, I went to church. I don't want to go to church last night. Um, it was, it's Tuesday night. I was tired. My wife, um, was serving at church and she's like, Hey, do you want to go to church with me tonight? And I was like, ah, I don't know. It's been a long day. This is, this is kind of how it works at (laughs) every Tuesday night. I'm so grateful that my church, the belonging has a Tuesday night service because if it wasn't for the Tuesday night service, I'm gone a lot of weekends. I really would hardly go to church. So when I do go, it's on Tuesday nights a lot of times, but, um, yesterday I was exhausted. And Heather was like, Hey, you want to come church? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, Martin Smith is leading worship. And I was like, Oh, Martin Smith. Like Martin Smith was the lead singer of this Christian band called delirious back in the nineties. And, um, delirious was like ground shaking and shifting when it come, when it came to worship music, they, they were modern day prophets. Like they changed the game. And so, but I mean, I've seen Martin Smith lead a couple different times through the years. So I was like, ah, I mean, that's not what's going to get me there, but whatever, I'll go. 
And so, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit late cause I'm starving. Heather went early to church, um, to make a charcuterie board for Martin Smith. So, um, yes, she fed the goat pepperonis. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> there was more than pepperonis on the charcuterie board, but whatever she goes and I'm a spoiled, I'm a spoiled male in his forties married to an incredible woman that cooks hot dinners every night. That's just what she does. It's just, you know, you don't have to do that. Just, but what is what she does? I, I didn't have my, my hot dinner prepared by my wife. And so I had to like figure it out on my own. Oh, woe was me. Poor guy, Carlos. I know I hear, I hear it. I feel the, the judgment coming at me. So I did what I, you know, any other guy, my situation would do. I stopped by Chick-fil-A on the way to church and I threw it down. I parked in the back parking lot and I threw it down. And so when I, yeah, I rushed into church right when the first song was starting to play. And when that first song started to play, I, I I'm, t- I'm telling you the second I heard Martin Smith's voice, I think, I think he actually may have started with the chorus of, did you feel the mountains tremble? And I started weeping like, like disastrous weeping. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, I hope the camera's not on me. Oh my gosh. Like I hope no one's looking at me because it was like ugly crying. And I was like, what? It went, Whoa. You guys know sometimes that, I mean, it, it's, you know, secular psychologists as well as like inner healing faith, prayer people, intercessors would tell you that tears are a sign that you should dig into that. <laughs> so um, I hate that. I know that, but you know, my wife's always reminding me, oh, so, hey, what are those tears for? And sure enough, that's, that's always a clue that there's something there buried. So I'm like, okay, God, like, I mean, listen, I cry. I cry during worship songs. I'm a, I'm a feeler. I was a worship leader for the majority of my adult life. Um, and well, although it's becoming less and less of a time frame, the older I get, but I, I'm, a, I'm a feeler, man. I'm, I love worship music. I love singing in church. And yeah, I was, I cried, but this was different. There was something more pure about where these tears were coming from. And I, I cried the whole night and, and I got home um, from the worship service after crying all night. And I just kind of unpacked on Instagram last night. I unpacked what I, what, what I was feeling. And I just kind of, I said, look, there's no rhyme or reason what I'm about to say, but this is it. And so what I want to do right now is actually play for you my little four and a half minute speech on Instagram last night. And then I want to lean into the fact that I got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that DM me after that resonating with what I was saying. Um, And yes, some of it has to do with um, being hurt by the church. Some of it has to do with me hurting the church, honestly, and hurting people in the church. Some of it has to do with shame. Some of it has to do with, with, with holiness, reverence. My, my tears were combined with a bunch of different reasons. There was a bunch of different, um, I think, recipes that were, that were providing the tears. But let's start off here. Okay, I want to start off with this conversation because this is where it started. And then I want to just unpack my own experience and allow that to maybe help some of you unpack yours. So uh, let's rewind back to about about 10 hours ago on Instagram. This is my fancy sound effect of rewinding back 
to that. Here we go. You know, I'm just going to talk for a second. More for my own sake. I don't even know if I'll post this. <coughs> but I want I want to I want to document a feeling I had tonight. Um at church. Martin Smith from Delirious led worship at my church tonight. And um like from the like the first chorus of the first song, I I couldn't stop crying. <laughs> like I cried. The whole oh, it was two hours. Two hours. There was supposed to be a message, but we never got to the message. We just worshiped. It was all these old songs. And I was crying the whole time. And I was asking God, like, I'm in church every week. I mean, I'll cry every once in a while, but not like this. Like, what was this? What? It was like, <clears throat> and I just, I, I feel like, you know, um, there, there's been so much hurt, um, you know, really honestly, the last two years, um, from just in my relationship with, um, some expressions of the local church in America, when, when I've made a decision to start speaking up for justice. Um, I was I was uninvited from a lot of the spaces uh, in the evangelical church, and there's there's wounding there. Um, and the very first song of like when when he says, "We will dance upon injustice," um, I used to sing that song, and I'm like, he would be called that song would be called woke, literally. Literally, the church, the role of the church is to dance upon injustice, like, right? And so, like, I had that, like, aha moment of, like, this is, like, this song was written in, like, the late 80s, 90s, and was speaking to dancing upon oppression of people groups. And so I had, like, I was, like, I was having all these revelations, right? And I'm crying and there was wounding that was hurting that, that I was like battling through as I was singing these songs. But then like the tears were even more, right? And I was like, God, what is it? Why, why do I keep crying? Like I was weeping. And then I realized that these songs that, we, that I was singing that he was leading us with, um, they were songs that I, would, that I was singing at the beginning of my faith journey before any trauma, um, before any drama. We, we all have, every single person in the church has drama or trauma in some way, shape, or form. Um, but there was something about singing these songs that I was reminded of these moments when, when my faith was so pure. It was so untouched by humanity. And it was just good. It was good. So like, I, I would, for any of you that, you know, are in that season where there's just some rub happening, go back and put on the old stuff, the old stuff, the stuff that brought you to the place in the first place. Um, 
it was healing for me tonight. It was just so good. So um, I know that this little four and a half minute rant probably uh, doesn't mean a lot to most of you. Um, but this is my Instagram account. So I'm going to document this here. Um, so I, I thank you for letting me um, process out loud. But I think I think that's that's why I was crying. Because it took me back to a place before the trauma, a place that was pure and true. Um, and I'm just grateful for the prophet and the Saint Martin Smith and for the gift he was to me then uh, and then was to me tonight. Also, one more thing. Holy Spirit was just like, psh, that I forgot to include. I, I think also it was, the tears were because I sang those songs before I severely screwed up my life. And there was, there was, there was a sense of innocence that I remembered that I was experiencing when I sang those songs. And then now as I'm singing them is like this, like beat up version of the guy that first sang those songs. Um, I was just reminded that God was like telling me like, you're the same guy. I see you the same way. I'll start crying right now if I'm not careful. And um, I don't know why I'm crying right now. I'm actually crying listening to myself say that last night. Um, I and I think it's because as I hear myself say that, I, I, it's like I needed to be reconvinced of the fact that um, God, my my problem, and my problems with. that I find myself in um, maybe even currently uh, with my relationship with, like I said, some expressions of the local church uh, have little to do with God and everything to do with people. Um, and, uh, and I'm angry at some of these people. Um, I'm angry at some of these versions of, of church that have um, told me that I'm wrong for um chasing and seeking after justice in the way that I do. Um, oh man. Is this the kind of podcast where am I going to cry this whole time? I hope not. Uh, so let's, let's just, let's get into it. Let's, um, let's get into it. So let me first and foremost state this, that um, I, I am like, I am a, in love with my local church guy. That's who you're talking to right now. Okay. That hasn't always been the case, but the season that I'm in 47, 48, am I 40? I'm 48 year old. Carlos is I, I'm, I am like, I'm, I thank God every week for my church. I'm so grateful for my church. Um, I found a church that I found a healthy church that um, is, has propelled me, um, and help me heal in so many ways. Is my church perfect? No, not by a long shot. Um, is any church perfect? No, not by a long shot. Uh, mine's not. But I, I need to let you know where I'm coming from right now. Um, that I that I am involved in a local church that I love and that my family and loves and that we have found healing in. Now, because just because I have found a church like that does not mean that the 
church at large isn't in need in some sort of of some sort of reformation of reforming of all sorts of things right because uh, i know that's not the case everywhere um and i'll be even more specific i know that's not the case for even some people that go to my church right um because the the, the church is this messy thing um and yeah so I, I I need I need you to know where I'm where who you're listening to right now I think that's important if we're gonna have this conversation for you to be like oh well does Carlos even go to church yes I do I go to a church called the Belonging Co in Nashville Tennessee um, and I go as much as I can when I'm in town um, and I'm I'm a, I'm a vibrant I'm a part I'm an active vibrant part of the community as well right so like I'm all, I'm all in um, with this expression of the local church. So that's where I'm at. Now, that being said, my job the last, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years of my life has been to, I'm more like 15 years, has been to be involved in various expressions of the local church. Um, yeah. So like, like in, which means like I traveled for the last 15 years and got to see the local church in tons of different expressions and um, opinions and all the things. Um, and so I think going back and listening, and again, remember this, this, I'm just talking, man, I ain't got no notes, nothing's written out. So this is just me talking. And if some, if, if you hear things that uh, resonate with you, I'm, I'm grateful. If not, then, you know, I'm glad we had an hour to hang out together or however long this is. But let, let me, um, let me rewind for a minute because again, what, what I taught, and I think we can pull out a couple things from my little Instagram confessional one, a, the last two years of church in the United States of America, at least the evangelical church in the United States of America has provided some drama okay we'll, we'll call it drama because i i feel like it's again it's very important that we differentiate drama and trauma they're two different things okay um we we already define trauma let's just define drama is drama save the drama for your mama right like drama like like dramatic fanfare extraness there's been a lot of that in the evangelical church so the drama of the last two years has for some people created trauma for me. Uh, I don't know if I would, if I would label what's happened the last two years as traumatic for me. I know it has been for many of you, but I, again, I, I'm, I think it's important that we have like a, a runway to, for this plane to take off on um, or else we're just going to crash and burn before the conversation even starts. Well, the conversation's already started, but so the last two years has been very messy because, well, let me tell you why pandemic racial unrest um, and a presidential election. I mean, let's just put those three things together in a pot and boom. Right. So we're, we, we earth did not give us any favors, right? Do did not do us any favors. So we're already all, traumatized from that in and of itself, right? Like where we're, I mean, 
if you rewind back to January of 2020, right? Like the, the Australian wildfires, remember those things? Like that would have been the biggest news story of the year had it not been this pandemic come in. I mean, that, that was massive. Like over 1 billion animals were killed, right? There were so many traumatic things that happened, traumatic things that happened that year, right? That Kobe Bryant passed away. We had like the, um, again, this pandemic sweeps across our country. Um, George Floyd is murdered, um, racial, you know, unrest and then civil unrest that followed that Nova Scotia mass shooting. And I mean, I can go on and on and on and on. So many presidential election that made us hate our own brothers and sisters and mothers and cousins and family and friends. And it, it just, it just didn't end. And so we're, we're definitely all still traumatized from that. And then compounded is, is we have a church, an expression of the church that let's be honest. Okay. And I'm going to give, I am going to give the local church, um, I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one they had never done a pandemic before. Okay. None of us have. So like having to like deal with all that. And then on top of that, we've got, we've got everything that happened um, with the, with just racial unrest and racial reconciliation. And that's really where I, um, I began to have some, some wounding and some drama uh, with the evangelical American church, right? So suddenly, and the reason why I can say that is, is, you know, suddenly I start speaking out on what's happening. I started, I, I put a video out on the Ahmad Arbery shooting. And I think I titled it what my white friends can do for the black community right now. And I woke up to thousands of people that had unfollowed me on Instagram and they all had left me mess, not all of them, but they'd left me messages, many of them DMing me as Christians telling me how, I was Marxist now and I wasn't a Christian and I was like, whoa. And so that man, that, that wounded, that was wounding to me. And then because I was, I was so blatantly um, outspoken in my belief system that we, there's work that needs to be done with racial reconciliation in America that that made a lot of a lot that made a lot of my normally comfortable evangelical white mega churches that I would speak at or sing at uncomfortable with me, and suddenly no longer was I asked to come, um, whether that be being uninvited or just suddenly radio silence. Which, as an Enneagram Nine, okay. I, People may call that person a softy. I'm not a softy. Okay. I got an eight wing, but I would, I definitely understand. Like I get it. I understand that is hard to suddenly start speaking about this stuff. Right. So, but that wasn't it. Right. A lot of, I'm mean, again, I'm, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me and where I went through with this. Um, and then when things began to get even more political, we're not even talking about um, police shootings and, things in the civilian sphere. I'm talking about when things, when we started getting in the presidential election and then I started to see, and a lot of people started to see um, candidates being presented as, well, I mean, I'll say a candidate being presented almost as a Messiah. If, if you were to really take a lot of the words uh, that were being written on social media seriously by a lot of Christian leaders and pastors and a lot of a lot of Christendom that 
maybe didn't see that candidate as this sort of Messiah. Uh, nobody would ever say that they would say he was a Messiah, but you know what I'm saying? He definitely was the one to save the country uh, and to, to save Christendom in the country. Um, a lot of people that didn't see it that way suddenly in, you know, conservative evangelical circles were cast out. And, and that's where I know a lot of you were wounded. And a lot of you, you know, if I, I start scrolling through my, my Instagram, um, I asked a very specific question in my Instagram. I, I asked um, right before, well, actually while I was recording the podcast, let me see if I can get to it really quickly. <clears throat> I said, hey, I'm going to change the podcast topic. Carlos, this is what I need help with in my relationship with the church. I mean, the amount of people that are saying, I need my church to stop being so political. I, I feel abandoned for my church because I didn't vote for the person they wanted me to. Uh, drama of church politics and the political sphere. Um, it, it just, there was so much political wounding that happened in, in 2020. And so that's just these last two years. And, and when I heard Martin Smith start singing, this was kind of what triggered me last night. When I heard him start singing, um, I mean, I want, want to make sure I get the lyric exactly right. Uh-oh, hang on one second. Um, did you feel the mountains tremble lyrics? Guys, I told you, this is just like on the fly. Okay, here it is. Did you feel the mountains tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar when the people rose to sing of Jesus Christ, the risen one, right? And then it goes into the chorus and it says, open up the doors and let the music play. Let the streets resound with singing songs that bring your hope songs that bring your joy dancers who dance upon injustice. If a worship leader in 2022 were to write a song with that lyric in it. Uh, this is a 100% assumption, but my assumption would be if people were to hear, oh, wait a second, someone in 2022 wrote a song that said dancers in the church who dance upon injustice. They're talking, uh, social, I mean, there's there's one Christian uh, podcaster, um, influencer, whatever, who says that social justice kills, right? That That's like a thing that they say is social justice kills. And they, they show all these examples of, of how social justice, whether it be like, you know, criminal justice system, whatever it is, uh, how it's backfired and people have died because people have been kind of marching for justice. Um, this would be one of the most woke songs ever. Now, I don't believe that's the sole role of the church to dance upon injustice, but I definitely believe that the church needs to be doing more to dance upon the freaking head of injustice. Okay. So I hear that last night and I'm like triggered and I'm, you know, I, I just start, I just start thinking like, God, yes. Can we sing more of this? Why, why is it? Why, why is the church not doing more of this? Right. As the point at the point of this recording, um, they, they we're in the middle of the crisis in the Ukraine in Ukraine. Sorry. And you know, <laughs> like I'm being made fun of, by some Christians for dancing upon injustice in Ukraine. 
That's, I mean, that's literally happening. There are Christians that are tagging me being like, oh, look at Carlos is like, he cares about this injustice now. Why in a week he's going to care about a different injustice as if we can't continue to care about these things. So, so again, like, like there, there's this thing, there's this rub in the evangelical church that we can't, we can't care about the injustice that's happening and that we see right in front of our eyes, right? Like I'm literally being made fun of for that. And so that moment happened last night. And I know that there, there was a lot of tension in me that was rising up when it came to just kind of trying to unpack what, what I was feeling. And I think the second thing that I was feeling was, and this may have been even the more powerful thing that went throughout the entire evening was <laughs> I, I sang these songs when my faith was so pure. And a lot of you guys know my story already, but um, I was, I was a hot mess. And when some of these songs, I was singing them for the first time, it was before, I mean, I was always a hot mess, but it was before I like drastically ruined my life and my family's life. If you want to find out about that? You can read my book, Kill the Spider. But I basically ruined my and my family's life through medicating, medicating behaviors. Um, and so there was just this innocence that I felt like I was brought back to uh, in, in my time singing these songs last night. It was, it was a, this purity. So, so I think that there were two sides of things. There, there was the messy side of like, gosh, you know, like the, the last two years, things have been, um, things have been so um, messy in the American church um, at large. And then also this side of like, gosh, like these songs, these old school songs are bringing me back to a place of purity. Remember, remember what it was like. And this is where I I would like to go in this conversation. Um, I would like to go to a place where um, we talk about maybe what to do when our faith is waning because of things that have happened in the local church and and how how simple maybe, um, it may sound very simpleton, it may sound like a very simple thing to do, uh, but how last night for me was proof of the healing that can happen when uh, maybe we step into the simpleness of of some of the things that God has actually given us uh, to repair, to, to help repair our hearts. Now, before we continue in this conversation, I do want to take a second and talk about two of our partners here on the Human Hope Podcast. But I also want to let you guys know, honestly, when you guys click on the links that I give you or go to the links that I give you, it really does help the show continue uh, to happen. So, Thank you guys whenever you do that. The first partner I want to talk about is Athletic Greens. And you know that I've been taking Athletic Greens for a few months now and it has completely revolutionized my gut health. I started taking it because I needed to see if something could help with my gut health. I was tired of being nauseous. I was tired of, you know, being intolerant of a lot of foods and Athletic Greens really, really helped. Not only did it help my gut health, but it's got 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day off right. I take it every single morning. I put a little pack in some water and it has been been incredible. 
I believe in this product. I do because I've been using it for a hot minute now. And so this is what we're going to do. You guys are going to get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five of the free travel packs of the AG1 that I use when I travel. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash human hope. That's athleticgreens.com slash human hope. We also have partnering with the podcast, the OG of partners on the Human Hope podcast, which is BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. And we know relationships take work. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well. But how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? Listen, I invest in myself in lots of ways, right? coaching, self-care, in therapy. I got my own BetterHelp therapist. And this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, the one you have with you. Okay. So we're talking about some wounding and trauma today. If you have any sort of wounding, any sort of trauma, uh, whatever it may be, BetterHelp provides therapy for you and you can get it online. You don't have to even leave your house. You don't have to go to a therapist's office where you're like, oh my gosh, I hope that whoever does not come walking in this waiting room and see me. No, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. I have been doing better help with my therapist for a hot minute and I love it. It's super affordable, way more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched up with a therapist in under 48 hours. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. So this is what you do. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash human hope. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash human hope. Please, Human Hope family, go visit BetterHelp and see if it's something that you would love to do. Now, back to the conversation. All right, we're back. We are back. And let's talk about it. Let's let's lean into um, some some simple things. Maybe one simple thing for me that helped last night. There was something beautiful about going back to what some people would call your first love, right? For me, it was that old delirious song. It was the moment that I connected with God in a way that I remember not ever connecting to him ever before, like in a, in a music expression, but it happened during the, like it happened all the time during the, did you hear the mountains tremble? Right. Like, like, I mean, some people are triggered by that. I totally get it. But some people like me was taken back to a place of purity. So what if, what, what, what if you began your journey by going back to some of the songs that you connected to God with initially? Right now, again, listen, this pot, uh, this conversation isn't about trying to get everybody to go back to church. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to unpack what happened to me last night and what a lot of people DM me about. Okay. So th- this, this is not just so you know, this isn't a, this isn't Carlos is trying to make everybody go back to church podcast. No, that's not what I'm trying to do in this podcast. I am unpacking my, um, what my experience, what happened to me. If you choose to go back to church because of something I've said, then that's great. If you don't, then that's great too. But I just want to give everybody tools to maybe understand where some of uh, the woundings coming from and maybe give us some direction on where to look for when it comes to healing. Okay. 
a little bit of healing that happened for me was going back to my first love last night, which was this song that I didn't even know was my first love until the tears started coming out. Um, and I felt like such an old man, right? <laughs> like I, I felt like such an old man when here, there I was crying going like, man, all these young people in here, they don't know. They don't know that this is where worship music came from. You like my old man voice? And you know, I, I laugh because I, I think of my dad. You, now you guys love my dad. He was, a, he was the podcast guest a couple weeks ago, at least the like five years ago version of him. And I very specifically remember coming down, downstairs, like when I was in high school and seeing my dad sitting in front of the TV with playing on the TV in the VCR was a Gaither homecoming video. The Gaither vocal band. Now, if you guys aren't like well-versed in church subculture, the Gaithers were this like old school gospel music group. And they had a bunch of their friends um, would come into these little circles and they'd have a guy on the piano and everyone would sing and they'd all be crying. And my dad's singing like, the king is coming. The king is coming. Praise God. He's coming for me. And my dad would be crying. He'd be bawling. Like, oh my gosh. And I remember I'd like walk downstairs. It could be, I don't know, it'd be like seven in the morning or some point. I'm like, why is my dad so weird? Like, like what is wrong with my father? How is he watching these like gray haired old people singing these old lame songs and he's crying? What is it? These songs are about heaven. Like what in the world? <laughs> and I am him. I am now him. I, I mean, I got an idea. Can we do that with like my generation's music? Can we get like David Crowder, Chris Tomlin, Charlie Hall, Christy Knuckles, Martin Smith, Henry Seeley? Can we get some of like Darlene Check? Can we get some of them to uh, Shane and Shane to like, Enter the worship circle. <laughs> Can we just keep going here? Can we get some of them to get in circles and make like VCR tapes and send them out to all of us in our forties um, that are like, Hey, that makes me cry. And that's, you know, that's all it is. That's all my dad was doing. My dad was just going back to his first love. He was finding healing. And I'm telling you, if that is all you do, if after this podcast, you're just like, you know what? man, I'm so jaded. I'm so jaded by contemporary Christian church culture. And if all you do is go back to the old song and just listen to the old songs and you find some semblance of a tiny fraction, 1% of healing, then it's worth it. I think it is. Go back and do it. Now for many people going back and listening to old worship songs, ain't even going to begin to repair the damage that has been done to you um, by people in the local church. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was reading as I was, I didn't even definitely did not prepare for this podcast because I was preparing for another podcast, but I did, I did Google a couple things and Barna is an incredible research firm. I actually don't even know, like I, I know Barna for a long time. I don't know. I know they do like studies on things, um, but they have a study where it's called meet those who love Jesus, but not the church, right? I hear that a lot. Um, a lot of people say, well, I love Jesus, but I just don't love the church. Um, and I, and I totally understand that, right? Like, because what, what people are saying when they say that is, this is what people are saying when they say that, at least what most people are saying when they say that, 
um, they're saying that they love Jesus, this, the, the Jesus that they see like loving people and serving people. And they don't like the groups of people that have weaponized Jesus uh, to beat you over the head with the Bible uh, and maybe make you feel extremely uncomfortable um, and maybe shame you and shame a bunch of people. Like, yes, all that is to say yes, right? I mean, I mean, how many of you can can say that um, you were part of a church? I mean, this is this is a very typical one. I hear this a lot, and this happened to me. You're a part of the church, and you you pour your blood, sweat, and tears into into a church, uh, and then the second you leave, right, for whatever reason, like nobody calls, nobody nobody even like they they move on without skipping a beat. Now that is wounding, right? Like you spent years pouring yourself and then you leave and ain't nobody got nothing to say, right? That, that, that is, there is a human response. There's a triggering that happens. Um, and so this Barna, this Barna poll um, shows, let's see. Uh, let me make sure I get this right. Um, to get a sense of Enduring faithfulness among Christians, despite a rejection of the institutional church, Barna created a metric to capture those who most neatly fit this description. And the description is, um, I love Jesus, but not the church. Okay. It includes those who self-identify as Christian, who strongly agree that their religious faith is very important to their life, but are de-churched, quote unquote. That is, they have attended church in the past, but haven't done so in the last six months or more. How many of you guys is this talking about? A lot, I'm, I'm assuming. These individuals have a sincere faith and their research shows 89% have made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ that is still important in their life today, but are notably absent from the church. According to the tracking data, this group makes up one-tenth of the population and it's growing. It was only 7% of the population in 2004. And the majority are women, 61%. And four-fifths, 80% are between the ages of 33 and 70. I mean, that's a big age group there. That is, they're mostly Gen Xers, 36%, and Boomers, 44%. Not millennials or elders. That's interesting. Though millennials are the least church generation, they're also the least likely to either identify as Christian or to say faith is a very important part of their life, explaining their underrepresentation among this group. Okay, so that explains it. Elders are underrepresented for the opposite reason. Their generation most likely to attend church. So it shows that love Jesus, but not the church. 39% are male, 61% are female. 14% are millennials, 36% are Gen Xers, 44% are boomers, and 6% are elders. Um, now, it actually, oh, this is very interesting. They have more data here. Love Jesus, but not the church. 25% Republicans, 40% Democrats. Uh, how do they get that? Math? Oh, there, there must be independents and stuff uh, mixed in here too. Um, 63% are white. Uh, this is this great data. 25% on the, or the West Coast, 30% Midwest, 33% South, 13% Northeast. This is, this is just fascinating information for me. I, I love that they did this study. Um, I'll link this in the show notes, this, this data. But what it did is it showed me that there's so many people that are 
they're having a hard time with the current iteration of the church, right? With, with what the church, what the church is. Um, and it's understandable. Absolutely. Now, the one thing I would say is when I read the gospels, it's like impossible to separate the church and Jesus, right? That they're, they're, they're like mixed together like us, you know, I was about to say something profound, but I couldn't think of anything. They're just mixed together. It's, it's one and the same, right? The church was God's idea. The church wasn't man's idea. Um, and, and it was Jesus's idea. And if you fall under the um, belief system that I do with Christianity, you believe that Jesus is God. Um, since it was Jesus's idea to leave the work of the church to us, to a bunch of jacked up, messed up humans, which in turn is going to result in drama that sometimes leads to trauma. Okay. So what I guess what I'm saying is I feel that a lot of people have been wounded myself included by people in the church. Absolutely fair. Right. And of course people, Christians are the church, right? The church isn't like a building, the church is the people of God. Therefore, since we're all sinful, jacked up creatures, we're, we're going to be hurt. We're going to be hurt by it. Um, and so what I have done is had to, through a lot of inner healing prayer and a lot of therapy, um, mostly inner healing prayer, get to the place of realizing that uh, any wounds that I may have may have come from an individual, not an institution. And that was, that was for me. Again, I'm just unpacking my experience for you. Uh, yours may be completely different from mine. Um, and I get it. Like, I understand how it can be really difficult for people that have been wounded by people in the church, which is, again, is the church, um, to get past throwing a blanket over the church at large. But what I did, another thing I did besides just the, let's listen to old songs, right? Like that's not it, right? I have to, I, I sometimes have to go back to the iteration of church that was most um, impactful for me. And a lot of those versions of church that were, that was impactful for me had leaders that ended up jacking up, right? Just jacking up. The human aspect of, of the church is, I mean, it is what it is. It will never go away because people, sinful human beings are the ones running this ship. They're the ones running the church. God is the head, but he's left us in charge. Thanks God. Why couldn't you just pull this off on your own? Right? But no, he's left us as the mouthpiece. Therefore, I understand the trust issues. And now let me tell you why I understand trust issues when it comes to, I don't know, Carlos, if I can ever trust another pastor again, because the, the, the pastor that I trusted has completely and totally um, fallen off the rails. He has turned my, my church into a political, like he's, he's telling us who to vote for. He's telling me that um, I can't go to marches because it means I'm a Marxist and I don't love families. And he's saying all these things, like I get it, right? Like, then guess what? Guess what you get to do? 
leave. You, you can never, ever stay, especially if it's an abusive situation. Please don't. If you are in a local church that is abusive, spiritually manipulative, I can't even say manipulative. Oh, there I said it. Leave, go, run as fast as you can. But I would say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because there are churches there, there are, I know there are, and, and you may not be, there, there are churches that are healthy. There are churches that can propel you in your faith. The hard part is finding it, right? Finding one. It is so hard to find one, especially when you've been wounded. So no, don't go rushing back. If you've been wounded, don't, don't go sprinting back into, you know, I'm just going to try another one. I'm just going to try another one. Pray about it. You know, I, I still, I, I honestly Believe that God and Holy Spirit still speaks to us on a daily basis. I believe that if you ask him a specific question, he will give you a specific answer. And for some, and for some of us, the specific answer is going to be wait. I'm, I don't think that he's like every single person listens to podcast. You need to go. You need to go this Sunday. This is the Sunday. You got to go find a church. We all no. But I want us to get to a place where we do understand that a lot of our woundings came from people and God can heal those things. He did in me. I mean, I, I won't get specific into my church hurt, um, but put it this way. Well, oh, we'll, we'll do it this way. We'll flip the, flip the script. I, Carlos Enrique Huetiguer Guzman and Chibol Cabello. I was on staff at two large churches for over 15 years of my life, okay? I was a good guy. I'm a good guy. I think I'm a good guy. You guys think I'm a good guy? I was a good guy. But I was also jacked up and I hurt so many people. Like I, me, myself, okay? So now, now we're, I'm looking at me in the mirror. And not only did I hurt so many people, I hurt my family. I made decisions that destroyed my life. And I was actively serving on church staffs while I was staffs staff while I was making immoral decisions while I was um I mean 15 years ago gosh just a hot mess and I was hiding him and it was secret you know and I constantly I I, I think to myself all the time like man if cancel culture was around in 1999 you would never hear this podcast right? Like I, I'd have been done. I screwed up. And through the story of redemption, and you get to hear it in my book, Kill the Spider, you, you see how the Lord restored and brought beauty from ashes. Um, and, and yes, I, I, I believe that I, I had a very repentant heart and I, I moved to the place where I could minister and lead. Again, some people can't. Some people never get to that place but I was the one that wounded people. And so, so this, is, this is where it really, where rubber meets the road for me. I think constantly to myself, if me, I'm a good guy, like I've got such good desires in my heart. If I am the one that can jack up so bad, I know that every single pastor I see is on the struggle bus just like I was. I know that every single pastor I see has some sort of sin that, that they are um, fighting with. And I'm here to tell you, every single pastor 
of every single church has a battle, has a medicator that they are trying, some very successfully, to not give into. So you heard it here. You heard it here first on the Human Hope Podcast. There's not one pastor of one church that ain't got something that they are praying to God to give them the strength to not fall into. Now, <laughs> this again, this is coming from the Jack of all sins. Jack of all sins. <laughs> Did I say that? Can I even say that? Jack of all sins. Um, and so like just, isn't it so comforting to actually find a church where where your pastors are vulnerable and letting you know like, hey, hey man, I, I am not the one, you, you need to not be looking at me, you need to be looking to Jesus. Like more pastors point us to Jesus, please. More pastors stop being like, I am the example, point us to, you know, there's far too many churches these days that are building a brand instead of, you know, building the kingdom. You know, I mean, how many churches are um, just all about like, People, people, people are really passionate about their church, but are they really passionate about the kingdom of God? Um, that, I mean, th- there's a litmus test that I would use. Are, are more people talking about encountering the presence of Holy Spirit or are more people talking about encountering the presence of the brand or name of your church? Am I offending anybody yet? <laughs> Sorry. These are some hard questions you need to ask, you know, if you're ready, if you're, if you're finally ready to start going back and searching for a church, these are great questions to ask. Is the church more about them than they are the kingdom of God? Ask him, ask those hard questions. Um, But some of you guys aren't, you're you're not ready. And I I think that's totally fine. And then there's some of you that that would say, okay. And again, this is my non-seminary opinion here. Some, some of you would say, well, Carlos, like, I I just don't have to go to church. Like, um, right? Like, like my relationship with God is, is, or with Jesus. Now, now I'm getting very specific to like Jesus believing Christians. My relationship with Jesus is, is that like, it's not, um, but, but again, I would, I would, I would, I would tell you if you read the new Testament, um, the, the church isn't, it's not our idea that the church was God's idea. And, and again, most of the new Testament, like there's, it's not the story of a church that was like, in harmony, right? Like just read first Corinthians. If you want to read a hot mess of a church, right? No, like most of it is Jesus. I love what, what my friend Carrie Newhoff says. Most of the new Testament is a story of Jesus using his followers to spread his love in spite of themselves as they overcome obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. Now that doesn't mean that it's going to be that this is easy. That doesn't mean that um, that it's going to be easy to find a place that's doing that. Um, it could take a long, long time. And I don't think they're, um, again, I don't think you, you need to rush this week to go do that. I think individually you need to ask God and he'll answer you. He will. Very, we serve a very specific God, I believe. I believe that our God's not vague. I believe that if you ask him a specific question, he's going to give you a specific answer. So ask him. Really ask him, get, get specific. He's not scared of our specific questions. Most of the time, the reason why we don't get specific is because we're scared. We're not going to hear a specific answer. I totally get it. Um, and if you're having a hard time hearing the voice of God, my book, Enter Wild, I do have a whole section on how I have learned to hear very specifically. Um, 
so yeah, you know, well, well this is what I want to do. I, I want to, I want to get to some of your very specific um, comments and questions that you left on my Instagram post last night. We're going to do that right now after we talk about one more Human Hope show partner. Here we go. And I'm really excited about this partner because it's it's a partner that I've been using even before I was partnering with them. Pretty cool. Um, here's a question. Did you know that the average American child is exposed to pornography by age 13 and that it usually happens by accident? Canopy, it's a new next generation digital parenting app is on mission to change that. I use Canopy on my kids' phones. Canopy's app for smartphones, tablets, and computers, it makes the internet safe for kids by blocking explicit images and videos on every single website. It also does a bunch of other useful things that keep kids safer online, like helping detect and stop inappropriate photo sharing as well. So check it out at canopy.us slash human hope, and you're going to get 30 days free and 15% off the regular price forever when you use the promo code HUMANHOPE at checkout. So with Canopy, you'll never have to worry about what your child sees online again. That's canopy.us slash humanhope with the promo code HUMANHOPE. Now back to the show. All right. You know, I'm at the point of the recording where I think, is this even helpful? Is this, is this even, is this, I just need to delete it all. That literally, I almost just scrapped the whole thing. But then I thought, no, you know, maybe one person is going to hear this and just feel seen. You know, if anything, I think that people that have wounds uh, when it comes to church, um, church hurt or trauma, whatever you want to call it, sometimes just being seen and acknowledged is so much. Because, you know, I think for far too many people, a lot of churches have been like, no, nah, man, that's your own fault. And I'm here to tell you it's not. Okay, I'm here to tell you that you're seen and I hear you and I see you. So what I want to do for just a few minutes, I'm just going to scroll through. This is, this is a non-scientific count, but I'm, I'm guessing I have over a thousand responses on my question on Instagram of like, how can I, I say help. I, I don't think I'm really even going to help anything. Uh, if anything, I just, I want to read some of these. So you know, maybe even a lot, maybe there's some pastors that are listening to this that are like, how can I, how can I help? How can I not, how can I do my best to not wound? Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that's it. You know, I had a lot of, I had a lot of pastors that DM me after my conversation with Derek a couple weeks ago and was like, that was so good for me because I realized I've been saying things to people that are deconstructing that was inappropriate and that may have been wounding them. So yeah, you know, maybe this will help as well. Um, I mean, here we go <laughs> right off the back. Some, somebody said, I have a hard time singing incredible songs written by folks with questionable social media hot takes. <laughs> okay. Can I get a witness now? You know, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you when it comes to social media hot takes. It, it, I guess it all depends on where you're coming from. Cause I know there's a lot of people that see what I post on social media, especially when it comes to race relations and think that is a hot take. And I, I can't even, I mean, that's why they unfollow me or this is why they uninvited me to, from their churches, right? Because they believe my hot take isn't in alignment with what they believe, which I get it. So, I mean, it's the same thing, just backwards, right? Like you, you may probably believe if you listen to my podcast and a lot of what I say on social media, but there may be some worship artists, incredible songs. Now, this is all I would say to that, okay? 
remember when you're singing these songs in church um, that you're, you're singing them not to them and you're not worshiping the artist. You're not worshiping the worship leader. I hope, at least I hope you're not. You're, you're worshiping God. So like, yeah. So listen, I've run into some of these situations as well. Like I've, I've like, there's been worship leaders that have written songs that, that suddenly I used to love. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they believe that. Now, first of all, I, I actually also don't believe we're supposed to know as much as we know about other people. Um, I think that does get in the way, but now that we do know, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care if they believe a certain thing. The truth of the song is still true. So I can still sing that song to God, right? Here's, here's, the, here's the truth. I don't know who Martin Smith voted for. Actually, I don't even know if he's an American citizen or not. He may be, but like, I don't know his political leanings. And so I can sing his songs. Now, the second I hear one of his political leanings, as a, as what I believe needs to be a healthy version of myself, I should still be able to sing those songs, but even though it is difficult. So I hear your question. Um, and I know it's hard, but also know that God is speaking to Republicans and Democrats, um, through Republicans and Democrats. And, um, now that we have access to more people's inner minds and inner thinking, we can't allow those things to get into the way of maybe a gift that God has given us through them. Okay. I'm mean, there. There, there's my, there's, there's my 10 cents. Again, these are non-theologically sound theological. I can't even say the sentence, right? Um, answers to some of these questions. Um, let's see. Hmm. The church is supposed to be a place for the marginalized, but we are a special needs family and often feel unseen. And actually this is coming from somebody, I think if I recognize your username correctly, that used to work in a church. And isn't that the case, right? The, the church needs to be the place for the marginalized, right? I, I, I used to hear it somewhere. People used to say the church needs to be not a, not a, I'm going to screw it up like a vacation club for the saints, but a hospital for sinners. What a horrible line or whatever, but I get it what they were saying, right? The, the church is supposed to be a place where we can come jacked up and, and as, as outcasts and feel welcomed. If your church is not welcoming people that are marginalized, then that's when you ask the hard questions to the church and it's okay, right? It's okay to ask those hard questions, but I get it. I hear you. Uh, and that's hard. Um, I don't have an answer for you. Um, besides, um, I'm sorry. I need to tell you, I'm sorry. And, um, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. And I, hopefully there's pastors that are listening to this that are like, yeah, maybe we can do something this week to help the marginalized that don't feel seen. Um, all right, we've got, oh, here we go. It has become too showy. Like I'm at a concert. Um, this is what I would say to that. You know, if, if you think, if, if that's become a hindering point between you and your relationship with church, then I, w I would say that the expression of worship at your church, um, you probably, you probably should go find another church. I mean, I don't know. Again, I may have a pastor tell that's going to get mad at me for saying that, but there's a lot of great phenomenal churches that don't have um, moving lights and, you know, 
music like that. Um, if you feel like it's a concert, um, then that may not be the expression that you're supposed to be a part of. So, oh, so, so the, yeah, that, I would say, yeah, feel free to, um, I would say, feel free to search and pray and ask God, should I go to another church? And if he says, yes, I believe that there's one for you. Um, I do. Oh, so I was, I was going to say, I, I was scrolling up and I saw that the person who I said, and I think they work at a church or used to work at church, literally wrote a comment and we work for the church. So how about that? How about staff members that are disenfranchised with the church? I, I definitely would say, you know, go to your church leadership um, and, and let them know. You know, they're, again, they shouldn't be scared of that. They shouldn't be. I'm saying they shouldn't be. Okay. Um, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people are, were frustrated this last year that their church friends were strongly against um, masking and the vaccine. And a lot of people, their heart was broken by that. I'm getting a lot of that on um, a lot of these, a lot of these comments. That's something that, um, again, that's, that is, that, that is something that we never thought we would have to um, deal with when it came to church, right? A vaccine. Did we ever think that was going to be a thing or a mask? Lord, may that never be a thing again, but it is a thing now. And that's something else that you've got that if it's, if that is, if that is something for you, um, and I, I, I honestly do believe that that could be a make or break thing because this is for a lot of people that are probably asking this question. This is, they've got um, people in their families that are high risk and you've, you, you have to make a, a choice based on your family, right? I, I understand. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I want to say this isn't depressing to read all these, but I just, there's so many people hurting. Um, and a lot of these are kind of cut up. How about this one? Looking for a church that leaves politics outside. And this is a giant challenge for this middle left gal. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I know that's difficult. I, you know, this is something I am proud about about my church and my pastors is they, they pastor people in the middle of the extreme left and the extreme right. And I feel like my pastors have done a really good job. Um, I think I'm going to get my pastors on this podcast, Alex and Henry, I'm coming for you. Um, but nonetheless, they've, they've done a great job now. Um, not every church has. And so to find a church that does that, I don't know, maybe somebody can start a website, nonpoliticalchurch.com, and we can just list all our churches that aren't telling us who to vote for. It'd be great. Um, let's see. My church's vision statement, a home to those who have given up on church. Wow. That's cool. What's, what's the name of that church? A lot of politics, more politics. People, people are done with politics from the pulpit. Amen. Myself included. Um, you know, I, I will say this. Uh, that doesn't mean that that your pastor doesn't have a can't have an opinion on who to vote for. That doesn't mean that your pastor can't um, vote for somebody, right? Like, you know, nobody wants. I don't think anyone wants to go to a church where the pastor doesn't have a belief one way or the other. 
Um, but I do believe that if you're a Republican, you can go to a church where a Democrat's a pastor. And if you're a Democrat, you can go to the church where a Republican's a pastor. I believe that that is possible. Um, I actually don't even know who my two, and they're two of my closest friends who my pastors voted for. And I think they do that for a reason. Thank you, Alex and Henry. Um, you know, something else I, I'll say is, although I, I, although I believe that, I, I think that we have to separate, man, this could be a 10 hour podcast. I believe that we have to separate politics and justice work. I, I, and I know that they can get intertwined so many times because politicians like to intertwine them. But I, I want to be clear here. Just because your church, your pastor isn't telling you who to vote for doesn't mean that when a justice issue happens in the world or America that they need to stay silent. Okay. Now, th- now this is going to be my, my loving challenge to everyone listening. There are issues, justice issues that you strongly believe in. And there are others that you don't strongly believe in. What you can't do is say, my pastor can, and my church can only speak to the justice issues that I'm passionate about. Okay. That's my, that's my gentle, loving reminder to everyone, because the truth is there are things that I am passionate about as a justice worker that a lot of people in my church aren't passionate about, like, like the whole black lives matter, the whole racial injustice, man, I blood, sweat and tears poured my life into that for an entire year. And I felt so ignored by the local church, not mine, because let me tell you, my pastors pulled me up on stage and prayed for me because I was doing such hard work. And when that happened, there were people that were not happy that my pastors put me up on stage. There were people that were like, no, Carlos, Carlos believes in yada, yada, yada. And I'm so proud that they stood up for me. But guess what? They also stood up for some other issues that I maybe had a difference of opinion on how people were approaching those issues. But they they were still justice issues. And I, I want my pastors to be, I want my church to be, I believe the church needs to be um, focused on justice work even the ones that we're, and even in ways and expressions that maybe we don't agree with. Just because you don't agree with, this is, I'm, I'm preaching the choir now, I'm talking to myself. Um, just because I don't agree with maybe the way my church is approaching a certain issue, uh, doesn't mean I just, I'm, I'm going to bounce, right? So, so I, I do believe in, I believe, do believe that um, justice work is very important for the church to be involved at, right? Dancing upon justice, but I also believe that when, when they choose to express that in a way that we're not comfortable with, we don't need to bounce. Um, that's my, that's my loving, loving challenge. There's so, there's so many, we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a part two. Um, oh man. I mean, tension between my expectations from the church and remembering they're human. Woo. I mean, man, ain't that it? That's it tension between expectations from the church and remembering they're human. That is it. Human hope. We're humans trying to give hope, although we jack that up far too often. Um, But the church is filled with imperfect, jacked up people that are going to hurt each other. Um, And I am sorry that so many of you have been hurt. I am. 
And I believe that you are going to find um, the way that you need to um, express yourself when it comes to church. Um, and, and I do believe that there are expressions of church for every person that's listening to this. Uh, whether or not you want to go and find that is really up to you, but I do believe that there is a place for you. I do. I actually, um, you know, there's a lot of trust issues happening here. A lot of people are having a hard time trusting. Um, so, so many, so many things, abusive power, shaming, um, guys, it, I know, and I see you and I'm reading every single one of these and it hurts my heart as well. Uh, I know my wounds aren't the same as your wounds, but I do believe this. Honestly, I believe that if you are a lover of Jesus and the Jesus in the Bible, that is a justice worker that is out there fighting for the oppressed. Um, I believe that there is a community for you. I do. Um, and I do believe that, that if you're in a situation when the abuse is happening and trauma is really happening, you got to go, you got to run, you got to get out. Um, don't stay there. Don't stay there. And yes, feel free to call it out. My, my friend, um, Jarrett Stevens, uh, he is, he is one of my, um, <laughs> if, if all of you could go, could get on a plane and move to Chicago and go to soul city church, I would tell you just all go to soul city church because they're doing it. They, they are doing it. He actually did a, a message this weekend, literally called when church hurts. <laughs> that was the message. And um, it's soul city church. It's on their YouTube page. Um, I believe that he is, he's doing this right. They are justice minded. Um, they are fighting for the oppressed. Uh, and, and they're also imperfect and Jared's an imperfect human, but I love him. And I believe that he is, is doing the church thing right. Um, so if you're in the Chicago area, go check it out. If not, just listen to the message, okay? Soul City Church. Um, and, and he talks about in the message, three different types of tensions within church hurt, which I love how he expounded on it. The first one is differing personal opinions. That obviously happens with a lot of people. Second one is actual church hurt. And the third one is spiritual abuse, which is real. And it's happened to many of us. So- um, yeah, I mean, the, the bottom line is the church should be the place where people go to find healing, not the place that people go to get hurt. So go check out that message. If you guys want, I, I'm thinking that this, there needs to be more in this. I didn't want to invite a pastor onto this because I didn't want you guys to like, think I was like, you know, bringing the pastor in to defend the church. That's not what I was, what I'm doing. That's not what I, I wanted you to hear where I was coming from, um, with my expression of, of the pain that I felt. And this is way longer than I thought the podcast was going to be, but I, you know, something in me wants to delete it, but I'm just leave it up here because maybe it's going to help somebody uh, just feel seen. So I love you family. I am sorry that so many of you have been wounded, uh, and hurt by the church. And I believe that church does need to do better. Um, and I believe that there does need to be change enacted in a lot of, um, iterations of the church. And so hopefully we can be the ones, uh, that do that. Right. Like, like, but we, we can't do that. At least I can't do that unless I'm actually in it. Um, I can't do it when I'm outside of it. So I'm, that's why I'm in it. Um, some of you, and a lot of you may not be in a place where you can be in it to help, which is fine. Guess what? I'm gonna do it for you. I am. So you keep letting me know, um, what you feel like I can do and where you feel like I can speak into. And I will, 
Like, I love you. I love you, Human Hope family. Uh, and I'm not going to leave you alone on the sidelines. I'm with you. And I'm grateful that you are with me on this journey. I love you so much. Thank you for letting me rant in a way and stumble through a conversation with myself like I've never stumbled through before. Um, hopefully this was worth it for some of you listening. I love you and I'll see you next week on another episode of Human Hope.